Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Find hidden clues and uncover a murder mystery. Solve mind-teasing mysteries of the Roaring Twenties. Engage your sense of observation to find hidden clues. Search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris and uncover a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve. We're all here because we love true crime, right? Well, this game has the perfect twists and turns to keep your brain asking, what happened here? There's nothing I love more than getting to decorate my very own luxurious state island. The best part? You can chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hello, listeners. I'm your host, Amara, and this is Black Girl Gone, a true crime podcast. On this episode of Black Girl Gone, we tell the stories of two women who vanished without a trace, connected only by the fact that both women's cases remain unsolved and for the most part unknown. On April 24, 2014, 23-year-old Kara Stubbs disappeared from Birmingham, Alabama. The day Kara was last seen, her brother dropped her off at a local store to meet a man who was supposed to fix her brakes, but no one ever saw Kara again. Three years later, and 900 miles away, 28-year-old Vanika Williams disappeared from Newark, New Jersey. Vanika was last seen on December 22, 2017. The families of these two women have been desperately searching for them, but with very little attention to their cases, they have been left with very few answers. Where are Kiara and Vanika, and who is responsible for their disappearances? This is Kiara and Vanika's story. Both of this week's stories were stories that were suggested to me. And the biggest challenge in telling stories like these is the fact that there isn't a lot of information. As a true crime storyteller, in order to tell full stories, I need enough information to develop a story. However, as this show grows, I feel a responsibility to still find a way to tell these stories, especially when a family or friend reaches out to me. This platform has grown to be more than just a true crime show. It's now a show that can help bring more attention to missing women and unsolved murders. When it comes to the disappearances of these two women, there isn't much public information about either of the women or their cases, but they are both missing and therefore their stories need to be told. Even if the information we have is limited, we have grown to a community of thousands of listeners from all over the country who may be able to help these families. Kira and Vanika have both been missing way too long, and their families need answers. For those who listen to the show, you know that I always like to talk about who these women were, you know, their lives, their backgrounds. I feel like part of people relating to these women in a real way is for people to know who these women were. But in both of today's stories, we don't have much of that background information as we usually do. And so we are going to just focus on the information that we do have about the circumstances of their disappearances. In 2014, Kira Stubbs was a 23-year-old mother of two children. Kira had a son and a daughter who were one and three at the time. Kira was living in Birmingham, Alabama, 
By all accounts, Kira was a loving mother who took very good care of her children. Despite being a young mother with two small children, Kira embraced her role as a mother. Kira had a job, but there is no information about exactly where Kira was working. However, one day while Kira was at work, she met an older man whose name is not known. But according to Kira's grandmother, Aura, she told CBS 42 that the relationship between this man and Kira was strictly platonic. Kira just thought that he was a nice guy. And I'm assuming wherever Kira worked was probably either a store or maybe a restaurant. And I only assumed that because it appears that this man was possibly a customer, perhaps a regular, who Kira would have had enough time to kind of strike up a conversation with. But like I said, I don't know where Kira was working. And so I really can't be sure the context of her meeting him at her job. But according to Aura, Kira told her that he was a really nice guy and he had daughters and he needed some help, you know, he needed someone to help him do their hair. Kira, of course, had a daughter and so she offered to help this man by doing his daughter's hair. Now, Kira did have a car during this time, but it was in need of some repairs. I'm sure being a mom with two kids meant that the car was really important to her, but, you know, car repairs can be very expensive. So when she met the older man at her job, he offered to pay for her breaks in exchange for her doing his daughter's hair. For Kira, that seemed like a good deal. She'd help him by doing his daughter's hair, and for it, she would get her breaks fixed. Like Aura, Kira's grandmother said that Kira thought that this guy was, you know, a really nice older man with children, and he just needed help. She didn't have any suspicions that anything was off about him or that there was anything to be concerned about. Now, it's not clear, but there is some reporting that says that Kiara had, in fact, done the man's daughter's hair before. In an article on AL.com, her aunt Shantae Stubbs said that she had done this man's hair, daughter's hair before and that they had spoken on the phone. However, the context of those conversations or how many times they spoke is not known. But from what I could gather, though, it seems as if Kiara had been acquainted with this man for some time before she disappeared. It's just not know how long. On April 24th, 2014, Kiara had made arrangements with the man to meet him so that he could give her money to purchase new brakes for her car. Now, some reports state that the man was actually going to do the brakes himself. And so it's not exactly clear what the entire purpose of the meeting that day was. Now, I assume the repairs her car needed was the reason why Kira wasn't driving her own car that day. And so that day, Kira and her brother and her son dropped off their little sister and her little brother at school. And then after dropping off their siblings, Kira and her brother drove to a local shopping center called Five Points West. Kira was going to meet the older man at the Boost Mobile, which was located in the shopping center. Now, Kira and her brother arrived at the shopping center around 9 a.m., and Kira is seen on surveillance camera going into the Boost Mobile. Kira enters the store, and she looks around for a little while. Her brother waited in the car for her. Now, not long after arriving in the store, Kira gets a phone call, which she answers. Footage shows Kira then stepping outside to take the call, and then Kira finishes the call and goes back into the store again. In the footage, you can see Kira talking to the clerk, and at one point she laughs, and she appears to be in really good spirits. Nothing seems to be wrong with Kira or implied that she was nervous or unsure about anything. Now, a few minutes after Kira hung up the phone and went back into the Boost Mobile, a Burgundy Chrysler 200 pulls up in the parking lot. The car does not pull into a parking space, but instead he kind of parks parallel to the store. 
Now, the Chrysler 200 was being driven by the older man that Kira was meeting. When the car pulls up, Kira walks to the car's driver's side, and her and the driver have a brief conversation. And then Kira walks around the front of the car and gets into the passenger side. Now, like I said, Kira's brother had been waiting for her in the parking lot because apparently there was no plans for Kira to get in this man's car and go anywhere. However, when Kira does get in the car, the Chrysler pulls off and exits the Five Point Shopping Center. Kira's brother, who had been waiting for her, saw the car pull off. But as far as he knew, his sister had not planned to go anywhere with this man at that time. And if the reports about her son being in the car are accurate, then that means that she definitely would have said something to her brother if she was planning to go somewhere. And so her getting in the car and the car just pulling off was very strange to her brother. So strange, in fact, that he decided to follow the car to see where they were going. Now, Kira's brother pulled out of the parking lot and started to follow the car. But according to her brother, when the car noticed that he was following it, it started to speed up and eventually her brother lost sight of the vehicle. Kira's brother decided to go back to the shopping center to wait for Kira to return, but she never came back to the shopping center. Kira did have a cell phone with her, and her brother tried to call her, but the calls to Kira's phone were going unanswered. Kira's family was immediately worried about her. She wasn't supposed to be going anywhere, and then she didn't come back, and now she's not answering the phone. According to Aura, when her grandson, Kira's brother, returned back to the home, he told her what happened. Somehow, they were able to track down the man that Kira had left the shopping center with. But when Kira's family spoke to this man on the phone, he told them that he dropped Kira off, but where he said he dropped her off is unknown. But for Kira's family, they knew that that didn't make any sense, and the fact that Kira was not answering her phone made them very suspicious. So her family was worried before they spoke to this man, but after speaking to him, their suspicions were raised even higher. And so they decided to call the Birmingham Police Department to report that Kara was missing. According to Kara's family, the Birmingham Police Department initially wasn't very attentive to Kara's case, which is typical in these types of stories. And they believe that their lack of urgency caused them to lose potentially crucial evidence in those early hours and days after Kara was last seen. Now, when Kara got into the man's car, she didn't appear to have anything with her besides her phone. She was not carrying a purse or any type of bag. And so when she left in the car, she didn't even appear to have her charger. Once the Birmingham Police Department did get involved, they did search the area where Kara was last seen. They went back to the store where she had met the man, and that's where they were able to get their surveillance footage from inside and outside of the store. The footage confirmed for police what Kara's brother had already told them about that day. Investigators also went to local businesses in the area to see if they had any surveillance cameras, which they did. However, it's unknown what information, if any, was pulled from those cameras. But I'm not exactly sure what the police were looking for either. They knew that Kara had left with the man in the Chrysler. You would think that he would be their primary suspect. Now, detectives have never said what, if anything, this man has told them about where Kara was. After speaking to him, police would not release any information about this person, not even his name. They would only say that he's a person of interest. Kier's family created their own campaign of missing persons flyers that they posted all over the Birmingham area. But days turned into weeks and there was no sign of Kira anywhere. 
No one believed that Kira had just left, and so the possibility of foul play started to become more and more of a reality for both Kira's family and investigators. Kira was gone. What started off as a pretty normal day for Kira ended with her family never seeing her again. The mystery of Kira's disappearance is compounded by the fact that investigators claim they have no evidence. They claim that they don't have any evidence that the man whose car Kira got in that day did anything to her. But as the years have gone by, Kira's family has become increasingly more frustrated with the investigation. And outside of Birmingham, very few people have heard about Kira's story. And even people in Birmingham don't know that Kira is still missing. But there are still so many questions that exist in this case. Why won't the police name the person of interest? I mean, why won't they release the name of the person that was last known to have seen Kara? Do investigators believe that it was just a coincidence that she was last seen getting to his car before she vanished? Did they search the vehicle? His home? Did they check the area where he claimed he had dropped her off to see if there had been any sightings of Kara? Like I said before, it's hard to judge an investigation years later without all of the facts, but it seems to me like this investigation wasn't very much of a priority. They have over the years, though, you know, asked the media and the public for assistance. But how could the public offer assistance when the police have refused to release any information about the case? The more information that is out there about a case, the more interest in the case. And so I really don't understand the strategy of telling the public as little information as possible while also asking the public for help. It's been seven years since Kara Stubbs vanished from the parking lot of a Boost Mobile after getting in a car with a man that was supposed to be helping her in exchange for doing his daughter's hair. Kara's children were one in three when she vanished, and they have had to spend holidays and birthdays not knowing where their mother is. Kara's children are older now. They know that their mom disappeared, and they miss her a lot. During an interview with CBS 42, her daughter said this. I want her to come back home and I miss her and I love her and we want her to come back home. Me and my brother be thinking about it and we be crying and we want her to come back home so much. I wish I could give you more of the story. I wish I could tell you about an extensive investigation, but I can't. And I'm not saying there wasn't an investigation. It just seems to me that this story has way more information about the initial disappearance than most missing person stories. I mean, we can see Kara getting into the car that never brought her back, and then she was never seen again. In 2015, Kara's family gave an interview to a local station, and at the time, the family was preparing to spend their second Christmas without Kara. This year, they will be preparing to spend their eighth without her. And even though this interview took place the year after Kara vanished, for her family, I'm still the sentiments are still the same. We're not sleeping. We hardly ever eat. We get together on holidays, and it's, holidays are supposed to be for family. You're supposed to be happy around holiday. How can we be happy not knowing where she's at or what kind of condition she's in? Kara Stubbs was 23 years old when she vanished. She would be 30 years old now. Kara's case is now cold, but investigators say that they are still looking for any information about the circumstances of her disappearance. So if you live in Birmingham and you have any information about what happened to Kara on April 14th, 2014, or the circumstances of her disappearance, please contact the Birmingham Police Department. 
Warby Parker is committed to providing exceptional vision care online and in stores, offering eyeglasses, sunglasses, eye exams, and contact lenses. Glasses start at just $95, including prescription lenses. Try Warby Parker's free home try-on program. Order five pairs of glasses try at, at home for free for five days. There's no obligation to buy. It ships free and includes a prepaid return shipping label. Don't let your FSA or your HSA dollars go to waste. Put them to good use on Warby Parker's prescription glasses, prescription sunglasses, contact lenses, and eye exams. So I went to the site, I took the quiz. First of all, it's super easy. All you have to do is answer a few questions about your style and Warby Parker will show you a selection of frames to choose from. Once you pick the five that you wanna try on, they'll send them right to you. So if you're looking for a new pair of stylish eyeglasses or sunglasses, you should definitely check out Warby Parker. You won't be disappointed. But even better than getting a great new pair of glasses, you can also help someone in need because for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. Almost 1 billion people worldwide lack access to glasses. This means that 15% of the global population cannot effectively learn or work, which is crazy because glasses were invented 700 years ago. Warby Parker partners with nonprofits like Vision Springs to ensure that for every pair of glasses sold, a pair of glasses is distributed to someone in need. Try five pairs of glasses at home for free at warbyparker.com slash girlgone. That's warbyparker.com slash girlgone. The story of what happened to 28-year-old Vanika Williams isn't much of a story because when it comes to Vanika's disappearance, there's very little information about what happened to her. Now, I've received several messages about Vanika's story. And so despite the very, very limited information about her case, I still wanted to cover her story because Vanika has been missing for so long and her case has not gotten the attention that it deserves. The first thing, however, that I noticed about Vanika's story was the date that she was last seen, December 22nd. And that's because that's the date that Jennifer Blackman was last seen one year ago. When Jennifer's friend messaged me, Jennifer had only been missing for a few months. And now here we are a year later and Jennifer is still missing. And so after you listen to this episode, take a few minutes to listen to Jennifer's story again. Jennifer's story is on episode six of the podcast. She is still missing and her family and friends are desperately looking for her. In Vanika's story, we know that Vanika was living in Newark, New Jersey. And in 2017, Vanika was a 28-year-old mother of four young children. From what I could gather, Vanika came from a big loving family. And so the day that she vanished was not only a mystery, but a complete nightmare for those who love Vanika. According to the information that is publicly available about Vanika's story, on December 22nd, 2017, it is believed that Vanika was supposed to go to Jersey City, New Jersey, so that she could do someone's hair. Now, whose hair she was supposed to do is unknown. Interestingly enough, it seems as though Vanika's family did not know that she was going to Jersey City and only found out after she went missing. And so no one knows if Vanika ever went to Jersey City. The little reporting that does exist about Vanika's disappearance says that she was last seen in the 100 block of Dayton Street in Newark. But there's no information about whether she was last seen in a home on that block or on the street or in a car. But Vanika was never seen again. On January 4th, 2018, Vanika was reported missing by a family member. 
Now, the information out there indicates that Vanika's family wasn't aware that she was missing until someone spoke to her children's father, who told them that Vanika had gone to Jersey City to see a client and had not returned. And so the last time that Vanika was seen was almost two weeks before she was reported missing. Now, there's absolutely no information about Vanika after the 22nd of December 2017. It's really like Vanika just vanished into thin air. In cases like this, when police refuse to release information or take the case seriously, then it's very, very important for the family of the missing to be their voice. The reality is that people are nosy, and the more information that they find about these cases, the more interest follows. I know that sounds crazy because people should just care regardless, but people are people. And the more information people have, the more likely they are to care, as crazy as that seems. And so investigators, again, asking the public for help without giving the public any information is really counterproductive. Investigators have released no information about Vanika's disappearance. And for the most part, the local media has ignored Vanika's case. There are very few articles about Vanika's disappearance. And so the mystery of her story still remains. There have been several rumors surrounding Vanika's story, but none of them have been confirmed. Now, Vanika's family created a Facebook page, and they named it Help Find Vanika. And on that page, there was a post that states that the last message from Vanika said that she was being held against her will by an unknown man. But outside of the Facebook group, no other information exists about this text. But then again, outside the Facebook group, very little information exists, period. It has been four years now, and there are no more answers about what happened to Vanika than there was four years ago. But that doesn't make her story any less important. Vanika was a mother, and although we don't know anything about Vanika's life, her family knows that Vanika did not just leave her children voluntarily. Vanika was a young woman, a mother, whose children have now spent four years without her. I think the fact that so many people reached out to me about Vanika's story and a story that I had never heard of means that there are a lot of people that care and want to help Vanika's family find her. If you are a friend or a family member of Vanika and you are listening to this episode, do not give up. Keep posting her story. Keep telling people what happened. Tell Vanika's story every chance that you get. We can't make the police care and we can't make the media care but we can care. If you were like me and you had not heard the name Vanika Williams before now, you know now. You know that she's been missing for four long years and there has been no significant information about her disappearance. Now, Vanika was last seen in Newark, New Jersey. She was wearing a leather jacket, blue jeans, and carrying a red purse. Vanika is five foot three and she has a tattoo on her left hand that says Tanisha. There are thousands of missing Black women in this country, and so many of them have stories that no one knows. Both Kira and Vanika are mothers. Between them, there are six children who have had to spend years without their mom and without any answers. The families of these two women have not given up finding them. When someone is missing, time really only makes things worse. Because every day is another day with no answers. They can't mourn. They can't move on. They're just stuck. Now, Christmas is Saturday, 
And if you celebrate Christmas, then you'll probably be with your family and friends this weekend. You will sit on Christmas morning and watch your kids open their presents. It's a time to celebrate. It's a time to be thankful. But I want you to remember the families of those who are missing and how much holidays are not the same for them without their loved ones and without any answers. So if you live in Birmingham or Newark, take another look at Kara and Vanika's pictures. Listen to their stories. If you know anything, if you've seen anything, you can reach out to the police in these cities. We can help these women's families at least bring attention to their stories and the mysteries surrounding their disappearances. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.